Well, we may have changed to a brand new calendar year, and we may have a brand new Congress in session, the 113th Congress to be exact. But it kind of feels like business as usual. More lies, deception, more victims of Hurricane Sandy being screwed with. Yep, that's right. We're back to normal. It's January 3rd, 2013. He's been shunned by commercial radio, unable to be bought and paid for by corporate America, and running on the fossil fuel of common sense. For those of us that choose to live dangerously in the radical middle, welcome to the zip code famous Michael Graff Show. take that long to get back to business as usual, did it? What else would you expect from our Congress? Oh, what a nightmare this is. I don't know how many of you have seen the latest bill proposed by the House, the Hurricane Sandy relief effort, billions and billions of dollars being set up for the victims, and I really have no problem with that, but the problem is that House Republicans are getting lambasted in the media because they're blocking this bill because most of it doesn't even go to the victims of Hurricane Sandy. Most of this money uh, goes nowhere. It really goes to a completely peripheral projects. It goes to stuff that's not even related at all. It's just money that's thrown away. And I thought, I thought we were really going to have a, a New Year's resolution of fiscal responsibility. Oh, wait, that was out the window. The Republicans already screwed that up. The Democrats screwed it up. It's a mess. It really is. Welcome in. Yeah, it's the same old stuff. Business as usual is back in session with a brand new session of Congress, the 113th Congress. John Boehner, Speaker of the House. Nancy Pelosi is the House Minority Leader. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. Everybody is still the same. Everything is basically still the same. Most of the players that have been involved over the last several years and that have helped run up the debt out of control are still in place. Everything is everything is as it should be, isn't it? <laughs> There's comfort in our own doom. Welcome in the zip code famous Michael Grav show. Contact information, Mike at KMGX.com. That is our email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Groff Show on Google Talk. Michael Groff on Twitter. And for everything else related to this program, you can always check out MichaelGroff.com. Now, while you're there, you're certainly welcome to leave your comments, questions, suggestions, all your feedback on this or any other podcast that we've produced. You can always sign up, get notifications via email every time a brand new podcast is posted. Or, of course, you can make a donation to this program. All of that is encouraged at the one and only MichaelGroff.com. I hate to sound all gloom and doom and down on all this stuff, but 
really, what else can you say about this? First of all, we had the fiscal cliff nonsense, uh, the the bill uh, where Republicans basically caved in. They capitulated to President Obama's will and decided, well, we won't give you any. We're not going to hold true to our word on spending cuts. We're just going to kick the can down the road as far as that goes. And instead, we're, we'll, we'll give you the tax increase that you've wanted to pass. And we'll allow that payroll tax to uh, that payroll tax cut to expire. So everybody is going to be paying higher taxes now. You understand the payroll tax is gone or what that was gone is now back in effect. So there is a 2% raise in payroll tax. There's a tax increase on people making more than $400,000 a year. Everybody got hit by this fiscal cliff stuff, which is exactly what they were trying to avoid. And even though they signed legislation and all they did was raise taxes and allow other tax cuts to expire. And as for spending cuts, well, there's there's a few that were going to happen anyway. So when you break down the ratio for every $41 of tax increase, there was a dollar of tax cut or a dollar of spending cut, I should say. That's not a very good ratio. That's a pretty poor deal. $41 of tax increase for every $1 of spending cut. Yeah. And everybody blasted Ronald Reagan when he approved the tax increase where the ratio was like three to one. That makes uh, that deal uh, look great. So on the heels of that, now that technically that was the, the preceding Congress that pushed that through. So the brand new Congress that took, uh, that goes into effect today um, they have a piece of legislation, the Hurricane Sandy Relief Bill. And in here, we have, um, well, billions of dollars going to the uh, victims of Hurricane Sandy. And you might say, well, Mike, what's wrong with that? Why would you be down on this bill? And that's exactly what Democrats are asking Republicans. Why would you be blocking this wonderful bill that we've put up there? All of this money going to the victims of Hurricane Sandy. Oh, except for the fact that most of the money doesn't actually go to the victims of Hurricane Sandy. At best, it goes to the insurance companies and the hospitals. And that's fine, at least to some extent. But there's a lot of money in here that seems to go to... Well, you decide. I'll tell you what. All right. Right now, you are the congressman or congresswoman, and this bill is coming before you. Okay. Here comes the Hurricane Sandy Relief Bill. Now, if you actually take the time to read it, which I know for most of our congressmen, Congress people, uh, that actually is an act of God in and of itself because most of them just sign off on something. They don't even read what's actually in it. But if you do, you would notice, and again, I'm, I'm just telling you, you are now the congressperson uh, set to sign or say yes or no, yay or nay, on the following bill. So let's see. In this Sandy Relief bill, there's $8 million that's been earmarked to buy cars and equipment for the Homeland Security and Justice Departments. Um, Hurricane Sandy affected... A lot of people, it affected a wide swath of destruction from Cuba to the Bahamas. And then in the U.S., it was it affected, um, let's see, I don't know, the, the Carolina coasts a little bit. Certainly Virginia, Delaware, Maryland. But the areas that were hardest hit were Staten Island, the greater New York metro area, I suppose, parts of Long Island, and New Jersey. Those would be the areas that were hardest hit. So then tell me, why is there $150 million given to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration to give to fisheries in Alaska? Why is $150 million going to fisheries in Alaska? 
Now, uh, from what I can tell here, my um, Google search that I did here on, on Google Maps, New York City is approximately 4,000 miles away from Alaska. And while Superstorm Sandy was pretty impressive and cut a pretty wide path of destruction, Alaska was not one of the areas affected by the storm. All right, it's on the completely other side of the continent, and yet $150 million is going to fisheries in Alaska. $150 million. So that tells you... Uh, oh, that's not the only wasteful spend. You might say, well, Mike, $150 million out of a multi-billion dollar bill. That's not so bad. $13 billion goes to uh, various mitigation projects to prepare for future storms. Okay. Well, you know, listen, that has nothing to do with this storm. But, you know, you might you might even be able to justify that somehow. I would say no to that, but okay. I'm, I'm presenting this to you. $1.1 million to repair national cemeteries, not all of which were even impacted by the storm. $3.3 million to Plum Island Animal Disease Center. $4 million to repair the Kennedy Space Center, which, as far as I know, was not damaged by this storm at all. $41 million to fix up eight military bases along the storm's path. $207 million for the VA Manhattan Medical Center. $58 million for forest restoration. $2 million to the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. for seemingly no reason whatsoever, except, you know, going to give them $2 million bucks. Hey, why not? Another $10 billion to, what is this, the Public Blocks Restoration Grant or whatever. Uh, that That's, I don't even, that's like some wasted program that's out there. Oh, my God. So we have a lot of money just going to various random projects, random programs, millions, if not billions of dollars. And, of course, here's the problem now. So you have this bill in front of you, and there's a lot of other stuff in here that's very wasteful as well. You have this bill in front of you, and you know what's going to happen if you vote either way, all right? If you vote no, then you're against the victims of Hurricane Sandy. By the way, there's about, I don't know, uh, there's $20 billion in here that seems to go to the victims of Hurricane Sandy. I think they're going to come up with a modified version of this bill. There are two bills that they're going to pass. I think the first one is a $9.7 billion bill, which is some type of uh, immediate sort of fund, the emergency sort of thing. And then they have another bill. This is about a $100 billion bill that they're going to pass through eventually. This is just some of the wasteful spending in the bigger bill. Yeah, two bills to help Hurricane Sandy. I don't know why they can't just pass one. I don't know what the deal is. But, okay, so you have this bill in front of you. Now, if you vote no, you're against the victims of Hurricane Sandy. You're against the little guy. Oh, you just want to let these poor people suffer if you're against it. Even if you see all this wasteful spending in there and you go, you know what? There's a lot of wasteful spending. Nope, you're against these victims, you bastard, you uncaring bastard. But then if you're, if you vote yes, then you know somebody's going to come along whether it's a Republican or Democrat, somebody's going to come along and when you go to run for your next uh, your next term, uh, they'll put up these ads. They'll go, you know, if it was me, for example, they'd be like, Michael Groff voted to give $150 million to fisheries in Alaska while victims of Hurricane Sandy suffered. Michael Groff gave $2 million to the Smithsonian rather than giving that $2 million to the poor families affected by Hurricane Sandy. 
Michael Graf. It's time to get the pork out of Washington, D.C. You know, that, that would be something like they would put that up against you. So if you vote yes, they're going to say that you're a pork barrel spender. And if you vote no, they're going to say that you don't care about victims of Sandy. But I say if you vote no, you're not voting no because you don't care about victims. You're voting no because you're tired of wasteful spending. You've been put into office by your constituents to stop the ridiculous spending to help cut into this deficit spending that we're going into every single day. And you might say, well, gee, Mike, $150 million to a fishery in Alaska. Maybe they need the money. You know what? Maybe they do. And maybe that should be addressed in a separate bill. Don't put it under the guise of Hurricane Sandy because you know that the bill probably wouldn't pass on its own. Nobody is going to sit there and go, well, well, you better make sure you approve that fisheries in Alaska bill. So what they do is they sneak it into this to this bill because that's the only way you're ever going to get half of this crap to pass. Nobody, but nobody would stand up and approve um I don't know, $4 million to repair the Kennedy Space Center when we don't even use the damn Space Center anymore. I know it's a museum, and I understand why they would want to fix it up, and I get that, okay? I am not... I do understand that there are other things that we need to do, but uh, forest restoration, giving money to private land, hell, even Democrats are normally against doing that. Oh, we're going to help restore forest on private land. Well, isn't that up to the landowner of said private land? Oh, my goodness. So... This is what they do. This is what happens. They tack on all of this extra, all these earmarks, all this pork barrel spending, and then you wonder why we get into these uh, big deficits that we have. Because you might say $150 million is really a drop in the bucket compared to our annual budget, or $2 million isn't even a blip on the screen of, of the government's radar. And, you know, I may agree with that, but you got to start somewhere. And I know that Republicans are very hypocritical on all this because they just approved this fiscal cliff bill whereby they didn't give you any spending cuts. They just raised taxes. They didn't do anything that they promised. But now here they're finally taking a stand. And I know it's a, it's a fairly meaningless gesture because this bill is going to pass anyway. But there are some that are saying, you know what? I'm not going to approve this. This is a piece of crap bill. There are even a few good Democrats in Congress that are saying this bill is a piece of crap. Why can't we just focus on the victims of Hurricane Sandy for once, actually do something that makes a difference and stop with the wasteful spending? Because that's what this bill is full of. It is full of wasteful spending. It is full of just nonsense. And I don't know. I, I thought we... I thought we were going to have a, an end to all this nonsense. But you see, that's the thing. They'll tell you all you want to hear during the campaign. And, and I don't want to broad brush every single one. I don't want to broad brush every single Republican or Democrat because there are a few in there that do exactly as they're elected to do. They do exactly what they promised to do. Uh, whether that's raising taxes or whether that is spending or whether that's not spending. There are a few that actually follow through on their campaigns. But most of these people, they get in there and they just spend like drunken sailors. And that's what they've been doing. And that's part of the problem. And I think you can see why people are so cynical about what's going on in Congress and why they have such a low approval rating. And I, I, I know that many of you might be surprised by this, but you see, this is what happened in President Obama's first term, and it's what's continuing to happen now. And it doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat, it's all a spending spree. And I know each side is trying to tell you that the other side is bad and their own side is good, but both sides are bad. Both sides are responsible for this madness. But right now, I got to tell you, when it comes to the earmarks in this bill, most of those earmarks are from House Democrats.
That's where most of them came from here. The bill will probably pass. The later revision to this bill later this month will probably pass. And as for the spending cuts, well, we're not going to see spending cuts. I told you about that in the previous show. I, I stand by it. I don't see a lot of spending cuts coming down the line anytime soon. All right, that's the latest from Congress. That's the, the big bill that's uh, up for debate right about now. All right. Going to take a quick break here. And we'll get into a lot of other stuff. I um, I still have to give you the worst song of the year from 2012. Um, maybe even we'll give you what I thought was probably the best song. But I know there were people that were asking me over the holiday, hey, Mike, what about the worst song of the year? You always do the worst song of the week. Um, what, what do you think the worst song of the year was? And this is certainly a topic that could be up for debate. There were a lot of bad songs in 2012. Not a very good year musically. Although I will say probably better than 2011. But uh, although I don't know, it's it's it is definitely up for debate. If you listen to this show, if you if you know me, you probably know what I would consider the worst song of the year. But nevertheless, we'll uh, we'll have that discussion. Uh, what else? The Michael Graff show stupid news file. There's a lot of other stuff happening. Uh, there's a kid who has been suspended from school for what I would consider. I, I know that some of you are going to react and say, oh, my God, good thing this kid got suspended. But a kid has been suspended from school for a very interesting reason. One that in this current era of gun violence and all of this uh, would probably make sense to maybe a few of you out there. But to the majority of us who are just clear-minded, clear-headed adults who actually have some common sense, this will probably outrage you. That and a whole lot more still coming up. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Michael Groff. The Zip Code Famous. Michael Graff Show. MichaelGraff.com show on a Thursday, January 3rd, 2013. Mike at KMGX.com, our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Groff Show on Google Talk. Michael Groff on Twitter. And MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. You know, I'm not anti-insurance company. I don't hate insurance companies. I'm not one of those kind of people, but... I can understand why people have such resentment for these uh, insurance companies in the wake of disasters because, quite frankly, they generally lowball people. They generally don't give them uh, what they've paid into. And no bigger example than on Staten Island. We just talked about in the last segment all of the 
fuss over Hurricane Sandy relief efforts in Congress and how uh, apparently most of the money does not appear to be going to the actual victims. Instead, some of the money is actually going to insurance companies. And I guess the insurance companies are then going to turn around and just uh, sit on that money. They're certainly not going to be giving it to the victims. And just to show you how uh, compassionate insurance companies are, here's a story from Staten Island, which was hit the hardest. If there was one area that was the most devastated by this storm, it was uh, Staten Island, New York, where generally speaking, just about every single building, every single piece of property was damaged at least somewhat, if not completely devastated by the storm. So there's this couple on Staten Island that says that not only are they getting lowballed by their insurance company, Allstate, who tells you that you're in good hands, apparently not, because not only are they getting a paltry $10,000 to help fix up their completely devastated home, but the insurance company is using their home and its likeness in their TV ads telling people how much they care about their customers. They, we care about you. We care so much. Oh, yes. And they're using the couple's devastated home on Cedar Grove Avenue in Staten Island, on Staten Island, and giving them $10,000. They're using the images in their commercials. Great. And they're giving them nothing, basically, as compensation. Quote, it made us sick and angry seeing these spots, Sheila Traina told the New York Post. The trainers were having Thanksgiving dinner when they saw the crumpled green wall of their house and saw one of the wooden chairs just sitting there outside wrapped in police tape. In the spot, the ad is called A Thousand Thank Yous. Oh, isn't that nice? I got disgusted, said Dominic Traina with regard to the TV ads. Quote, I said, look at all the trouble we're getting from Allstate and this is what they're putting on TV. That was terrible. Now, Allstate has chimed in. They've responded. An Allstate spokeswoman told the Staten Island Advance newspaper that ads for the insurance giant, quote, are produced in accordance with all applicable advertising laws. Someone else from Allstate says, our commitment is always to settle claims fairly. That's company rep Jacqueline Darren. Sheila and Dominic Trena became the faces of Staten Island after uh, Sandy's ravaging uh, winds and rains and floods uh, hit the area, meeting with President Obama during the tour of storm-ravaged neighborhoods. The couple had standard homeowner's insurance, but not flood insurance. So you see, the insurance company is saying, we're not going to help you out for all the flood damage because you didn't have flood insurance. Um, we're going to give you some money because of the storm, but we're not going to give you all the damage from, from the flooding. But of course... Um, the train is, they did heed evacuation warnings properly. They left early. But their neighbors who stayed behind said that the powerful winds, the wind gusts, tore the roof off of their home and toppled the walls long before any tidal surges came down Cedar Grove Avenue. Quote, I've been paying Allstate for 43 years. And then when something happens, they don't even want to know you, Dominic Traina said. Well, of course not. This is an insurance company. Insurance company. This is nothing new. Insurance companies do this to people all the time. Well, well, because you had some damage from the storm, we'll give you some money. But, you know, 
you didn't have the flood insurance. You didn't have the other part of the scam. You had you had homeowners insurance, which is supposed to cover you against certain types of, of acts of God and natural disasters, but not every type. You have to have specific types. Now, um, if you had flood insurance, we'd say, yes, you had flood insurance, but that doesn't cover all the wind damage that was done. See, they'll come up with anything. They have all their actuary tables. They have all of their all of their data. Oh, insurance company, it's the biggest scam going. It really is. Like, rather than just cut these people a check for like $100,000 and just move on with it, they've been paying for 43 years. They are good customers. They're uh, supposedly going to be taken care of. The insurance company just goes, yeah, you know what? Eh, $10,000 is all it's worth to us. Sorry, you didn't buy flood insurance. If you Had you bought flood insurance, we might have cut you a check for 15000 I, again, I have nothing against insurance companies. I don't hate insurance companies, but I, I do understand they, they're the victims of fraud all the time. People scam insurance companies. But, you know, sometimes when you see somebody is clearly not scamming you, might actually want to take care of them and do the right thing. Wouldn't hurt you. You are a multi, multi-billion dollar company. You could probably take care of your customers. If for no other reason, maybe for good PR, with their house in tatters, the couple is now living in the basement of their niece's father-in-law's home. His man cave, Sheila Trina said. They, all state, have to do the right thing, she said. Well, uh, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> expecting an insurance company to do the right thing is like expecting politicians to do the right thing. It rarely happens, and when it does, it's big news. So Allstate really stepping up to the plate in the wake of Hurricane Sandy. Nice going, guys. Way to go. Really uh, giving us a lot of faith in insurance companies and making us think a lot better of you. Just to detract from this for a minute, this is a weird sort of story. You don't think we have a problem with mentally ill people in this country? This, this should just point it out further. So a guy in Brevard County, Florida, of course, where else but Florida would this happen? A guy goes into a convenience store and steals a $1.29 honey bun. <laughs> a honey bun. It's like some sort of sticky pastry. And um, the guy stuffs it down his pants, runs out of the store, and then a store employee confronts him, calls the police. The guy, this guy tries to get away on a black bicycle. But Palm Bay police are in the area. They see the guy. They chase the suspect down Aladdin Street. Uh, they get a police dog to chase him. They found and arrested him in a wooded area. The suspect is identified by police as Brandon C. Phillips, an 18-year-old. He was wearing the same gray sweatpants that was seen on the security camera. His getaway bicycle was found between two houses nearby. A police report says that the store clerk identified the suspect as the pastry thief. Now, here's the thing. So $1.29. Now, this 18-year-old kid, this dumbass who just stole a honey bun is now looking at misdemeanor charges of petty theft, resisting arrest without violence, and resisting in the recovery of merchandise. He was being held on $1,000, bond. And the honey bun was not found. Well, that's the biggest disappointment in this entire story. Do you do you really want to know where that damn thing went? I, I doubt he ate it. I'm pretty sure. Well, if you put it down his pants, I don't know. It's 
mentally ill people. A guy steals a dollar twenty nine cent honey bun. But you know, you see this happen all the time. I, I've always told the stories on the air. Uh, I would go to Walmart. All right, and the few times I've been to Walmart, you would always see people do this, and I'm serious about this. The Walmart by my house, many of us designated as the zoo because it just is full of animals. Everybody acts insane in there. The customers, they'll walk down the aisle. They'll open up a box of cereal and take a handful of cereal out and just eat it right there in the aisle. And then they'll move on. Or they'll open up a package of cookies and they'll just like take one out and eat it. And then they move on. You'll see, you'll walk down the, the aisle at, at a Walmart and you'll see an open package of cookies or an open box of cereal that somebody has just opened up and filched like a handful of it and just ate it right there. The, people do this, they do that all the time at that Walmart. It's the craziest thing. So this guy, a guy stealing a $1.29 honey bun, you think that we have a problem with mentally ill people? That's, that's mental illness. I'm sorry, if you steal a $1.29 honey bun from a convenience store. That's some serious problems right there. All right, now this was obviously about to come down the pike. We saw this coming weeks ago. I predicted this on the show. After the Newtown, Connecticut shooting, what got the blame, first of all? Aside from guns, what else got the blame for it? What else that had nothing to do with Newtown, Connecticut, school shootings or anything gets the blame? Well, of course, it's violent video games, of course. So now a Connecticut community, not Newtown, but Southington, Connecticut, is going to have a video game burning in the wake of last month's mass shooting. Let's see, organizers say that... Um, its actions do not assert that video games are the sole cause of the killings in nearby Newtown, but they argue that violent video games and films desensitize children to acts of violence. Now, I think we've talked about this many times. I'm not saying that you should let your eight-year-old kid watch an R-rated movie or let them play a mature game, all right? I'm not saying you should do that. In fact, if you're a responsible parent, you would never do that. But to blame video games or movies or TV shows for the soul as as one of the contributors of the problem is very much it's it's just such a, a, a scapegoat it's such an obvious detraction it, it's such a a an obvious sort of uh, well you know uh, look uh, we have a lot of problems in this society rather than taking on the real causes the mental illness issue the the ready access of mentally ill people have to guns, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, instead, we're going to blame violent video games. Definitely a red herring. Southington, Connecticut is located approximately 30 minutes away from Newtown. Organizers of this event say that they're not just burning video games. They're also going to be burning CDs. Yes, even aggressive or violent music, as it were. I don't know. what is that Rammstein? Is that Linkin Park? Is that what what is what constitutes like just is it loud? That damn loud metal music, that Metallica, that Megadeth. We're going to burn that. Um, so CDs, DVDs, so movies and TV shows, as well as video games. They're going to put them in a big pile and they're going to burn them all and throw the remains in the dumpster. Quote, violent video games turned in will be destroyed and placed in the town dumpster for appropriate permanent disposal. 
John Myers, chairman of the Southington YMCA and member of Southington SOS, was not immediately available to speak uh, with regard to this issue. But tech website Polygon reported that um, the works would be incinerated by town employees. Mm. Well, there you go. So violent video games, that's another root cause of all the problems. That's another scapegoat. How about just being a responsible parent? How about raising kids properly? And if you have someone that has mental issues, how about we address that? When are we actually going to confront the real issues? Instead of, well, it's these TV shows, these video games, it's these uh, movies, it's the music. We're back to the music again. Remember in the 80s, I don't know, some of you who are about my age or maybe even a little bit older, you'll remember back when metal, like hair bands and then like the 80s metal and the 90s grunge and all that stuff, when, when that was coming around, the, the popular sentiment among lawmakers and these religious groups and the big controversy was this music, this hip hop and this metal and these hair bands and all this stuff, this promotes a very negative lifestyle and this will have a very negative impact in our society. It's the doom. It's the damnation of our society. That's what they would always say. It's the ruination of society. Oh, this metal music. Now it's video games. Video games, that's been a drum that's been beating for about 20 years also. Ever since Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat... And then later on, like Wolfenstein and Doom and Duke Nukem and Unreal Tournament and Halo and Call of Duty and all these other games. They put put all this stuff up there and that's what they use for their scapegoat. People will come up with an excuse for everything. The next time there's a, a rape or a sex crime, they'll say, it's that Fifty Shades of Grey book. That's what's causing it. It's the ruination of society or all these sexual books and this sexual content and every time you drive down the street there's a billboard that shows a, a, a woman wearing a belly shirt and we have sexualized our society so much that uh, that's why we have rapes nowadays I, people they never just address the issue as the issue they always want to try and blame everything else well you know if everything is responsible for the ruination of society, then nothing is responsible. You understand the logic behind what you're saying there? All right, let's see here. What else? Oh, and if a California company has its way, recreational marijuana users in Colorado and Washington State will one day be able to get their pot out of vending machines. This is cool. Some machines, uh, these machines, they're already in some states where me medical marijuana is legal, but now... The maker's founder says that the company is working to adapt the machines to comply with state laws in Colorado and Washington where adults can legally use marijuana for recreation. The vending machines for medicine require a fingerprint scan to verify the identification of the patient, which is then linked to a prescription on file. But as Washington and Colorado figure out how to create a legal pot market for the masses, Hollywood-based Medbox, which is a public company, is offering up its expertise in convenient delivery systems. Quote, one day we envision these machines to be accessed when it's allowed 24 hours a day. Can you imagine like uh, other vending machines? Do you know the business that you'll have 
if you're a vending machine company right now and you're one of these people, you stock vending machines in Colorado and Washington State right now, I would buy stock in one of those companies. When people get the munchies and they're out smoking pot and they see a vending machine with Snickers and Doritos and Reese's peanut butter cups and all this other stuff, they probably just reach into the, they're, they're shoving dollar bills into these uh, vending machines left and right. And then you tack on that a vending machine where you can get pot. I would have like an all-purpose vending machine. You put in like 50 bucks and you get your quarter ounce or your half ounce of weed out of there. And you get like a bag of chips, like a complimentary bag of chips with it also. Like some Funyuns <laughs> or Doritos or, um, or you get like a, a couple of king-size Snickers out of it. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Or you get, uh, for like five or ten bucks, you get uh, enough to, you know, pack a couple of bowls. Medbox is now offering to work with Washington and Colorado officials who are mobilizing to create the framework for a legal marijuana industry and to collect taxes on pot sales. You know, I, I can't wait for the federal government to step in and say, you know, we do have laws against the distribution and sale of marijuana because it, it happens in some of these states with medical marijuana. The, the good thing about the Obama administration, and this is one thing I will say, the good thing is so far, for the most part, the federal government has stayed out of the way of all this. Now, there are some places where that's not the case, where uh, the feds step in and they shut down these dispensaries just to flex their muscles, just to let you know that the feds are always there. Big brother is always there. The government is there to step in. But for the most part, they have stayed out of the way of this because the country, it, it, listen, the federal government, at least on some level, the federal government has to know that if they start resisting this movement toward legalizing marijuana, it's only going to fuel it further. If they step in and start trying to shut down uh, vending machines and distribution of marijuana in states like Colorado and Washington, that they're going to, the, the marijuana advocates are going to use that as a springboard to say, see, they're just trying to shut us down. We, the voters in these states passed this law and now here come the feds to try and shut us down. I applaud Colorado and Washington state for actually being forward thinking and understanding that marijuana is no more harmless than cigarettes or alcohol or any of this other nonsense. And it's about time that they stepped up and the voters there did the right thing. And we talked about this on the previous podcast, too. You know, everybody talks about guns and the violence of guns, but, you know, alcohol kills, all right? Uh, cigarettes kill. Marijuana, far less dangerous than either of those two, and it is, it's illegal now in 48 states, although medically, I think, you know, if you, if you count the states where it's either legal or medically legal, I think it's still like 35 states where marijuana is illegal. But, you know, that's going to change. It's not going to be long before that is out too. So I um, I see this, uh, you know, I, I can just imagine going to Colorado, which now I'm definitely going to Washington State and Colorado on vacation. That's going to happen. All right. I mean, you might as well just accept that. I'm going there. All right. It's happening. It's going to go into, it's not going to be in the rotation like Las Vegas, but I can guarantee you a trip to Colorado, which to me, you know, Colorado is always one of those places. People talk about it all the time. Oh, they have a million breweries there. You have to go to Colorado. It's just beautiful. It's Colorado. It's like we have breweries in Arizona. 
You have to give me a better reason. Well, they have mountains. Yeah, we have mountains in Arizona also. Well, they have like, um, uh, they they have uh, rivers. We have those. Uh, And stuff. You know, everything that Colorado has, we have in Arizona also. So, but not now. Now they have marijuana. We don't. We have medical marijuana, but, you know, I don't have a card. So I'll go there. Washington State, same thing. It's like, well, uh, what did you have before? Well, we had we had the Space Needle. All right. We have the Seattle Mariners. All right. So what else you got? We have weed. All right, I'm there. You sold me. Okay, we got to take a break. And we have a lot more stuff to get into on the program here. Oh, my God. Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter is out with uh, some stunning comment. This just happened um, on Hannity. I don't know. Was this tonight or was this last night? Whatever. Ann Coulter has maybe... Every time she says something that I, I proclaim is the dumbest thing that somebody can say, then she outdoes herself and says something even dumber. So we have a, an extremely stupid comment from Ann Coulter we got to give you, and a whole lot more still coming up. It's the Zip Code Famous, Michael Groff Show. The Zip Code Famous, Michael Groff Show. MichaelGroff.com. Michael Graff show on a Thursday, January 3rd, 2013. Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Graff show on AOL Instant Messenger. Michael Graff on Twitter. Graff show on Google Talk. And for everything else Michael Graff related, it's always MichaelGraff.com where you can leave your feedback on this or any other podcast. Sign up to get notifications every time a brand new show is posted. Or, of course, donate to this program. All can be done at michaelgraff.com. I admit I, I like this song. I'm not... Um, Bruno Mars, I actually think, is a very good musician. I don't like all of his songs, but I he was on Saturday Night Live. He did a very good job there. He's a... Um, Pretty talented musician. I like this song, I guess, probably because it reminds me of the 80s a lot. It's got that very... It sounds very much like The Police. Or um, some of those bands from the 70s, even. One of the better songs to come out of 2012, actually. 
talk about some of the worst songs to come out of 2012 in just a minute, but uh, I, I have to get to this first. I'm willing to give Ann Coulter the benefit of the, of the doubt sometimes. I know she has a lot of detractors. I know she has a lot of people that hate her. And she has said some pretty bizarre things. In fact, some pretty deplorable things over the years. Remember when she talked about the victims of September 11th, like the wives or the family members, the relatives of the victims of the September 11th terrorist attacks? And she called some of them lazy and she attacked some of them or, or, or made some very strong comments because they were receiving government benefits. And she just thought that was completely wrong for our government to give aid to the people that were killed by the September 11th terror attacks, which I thought was funny because, frankly, our government was partially complicit in that in the, in the sense that they certainly didn't do enough to prevent the terrorist attacks. And I'm not even uh, going to address the conspiratorialist aspect of it, because even if you know, and I don't believe in the in all the conspiracy nonsense, but you got to admit that the government, at the very least, on the surface, dropped the ball. So, but she attacked even those people. So, here she makes some very interesting comments. Um, they're talking, of course, about gun control, the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. There was a newspaper that published the names of all the local gun owners in a town. And, of course, that sort of inadvertently alerted criminals to who didn't own guns. And so she's on, of course, she's on with Sean Hannity because that's one of the only places that she has a regular outlet. Aside from all the books that she writes, one of the only people that's going to regularly put Ann Coulter on is Sean Hannity. Ann Coulter is crazy. And there's a lot of people on the conservative side of the aisle that think she's like the hottest thing ever. She's just the most amazing person and, you know, sometimes I agree with Ann Coulter and, and sometimes I don't. And her delivery, she's so conservative. She's like super conservative to the point where I can't even believe that she even buys into half the stuff that she talks about. Now, I've said it on the show before. A lot of show business, a lot of people on radio I know are not nearly as conservative or nearly as liberal as they pretend to be. But it is definitely an act and they have a niche audience and they they have to play to that base. And maybe Ann Coulter is is like a really, really good actress. She is pretending to be the most conservative person ever to exist. But this particular rant, she, she goes off of this and says, um, so this newspaper that published all these names, she goes on to say um, that why don't we... And she's maybe she's speaking ironically, but nevertheless, it's a very strange point. She goes, well, why don't we just publish the names of people that get abortions then? As always, I don't want you to think I'm taking it out of context. So I have the clip. Here's Ann Coulter on Sean Hannity talking about the issue. As that man just said, why aren't we getting names of uh, recently paroled criminals? People with gun permits, by definition, do not have criminal records. Why can't we get the criminal records? No, we can't get that. Why can't we get a record of women who have had abortions? Um, they get money from Planned Parenthood. They get money from Medicare, from Medicaid. Much of this is as their tax subsidies. I think, you know, mothers might want to know what other women on their street have um, might be willing to murder a child. Well, um, you know, let me tell you something i realize she's probably being ironic or she's probably saying hey if we're going to start publishing the names of people that own guns why don't we start publishing the names of people that get abortions i understand what she's trying to say in a, in a sense but my god is this woman insane 
Ann Coulter is she's actually flown off the deep end. Sometimes you make analogies that are just so stupid that it, it's it boggles the mind. It really does. Um, how about the list of rent control departments in New York? And by the way, from producing lists even of, of gun permit owners, I want them for Manhattan. I want to know how many rich liberals with their bodyguards have have, have gun permits. Um, the, the, the news journal, or journal news, by the way, um, as, as I'm sure your viewers know, they hired a couple of armed guards because they got, ooh, some mean emails. Arms guards. Can we get the armed guards' names and addresses? Well, just like a lot of the Hollywood stars that have been speaking out, they they get to hire armed guards. Yeah. Uh, our politicians are protected. No, by they armed want guards. gun control. That means, um, you know, I, I, we can't have, you know, all these benefits for the rich, the rich. We have a very unequal society. If there is gun control, I want no one who makes $200,000 or more being allowed to hire a bodyguard. Look, you I understand where she's coming from in the sense that there are a lot of people that are for gun control that then have armed bodyguards. All right, that, that's a fair enough point. Okay. That's a fair point. I got it. But then to say, let's publish the names of people that get abortions or people that have rent control departments, even if out of irony, it's just a very stupid point and a very bizarre analogy. This is a woman that maybe you might give a benefit of the doubt to somebody that talks like this if they haven't had a history of saying some very crazy things, some very offbeat things. But Ann Coulter frequently has said things that even if you agree with part of it, the rest of it is very cringeworthy. And that's kind of how I feel about this with Ann Coulter. I'm like, Ugh. and everybody just loves her and carries on about how great she is. Look, she's a smart woman. There's no there's no question about it. Ann Coulter is smart and she has accomplished a lot. She's written a lot of best selling books. The conservatives go to her as sort of like, oh, she's this. You know, the conservatives look at her as, oh, she's a hot chick and a conservative. Wow. You know, look, she's not all that, all right? Ann Coulter, she says very mean, ugly things sometimes. She does. She says some just really screwed up things. When you talk about the victims of 9-11 and you call them lazy and you call them, um, you call them greedy because they were maybe looking for a little bit of help from the government because they just lost their husbands and wives and, and family members due to a terrorist attack. When you say things like that, it makes you just a very brutal person. And that's kind of how I feel about Ann Coulter. Sometimes. I'm not, I don't always disagree with her. I don't always hate what she has to say. I, I just have to call it as it is. And in this case, it's a bad analogy at best. I don't know. Maybe she would like to see the people who have gotten abortions have their names published. She probably would because she is very anti-abortion. So, you know, that's that's what she's all about. Ann Coulter, just shut up. That's where I'm coming from. <laughs> she's just one of those people. And even when you agree with her, it's it always skeeves you out. She's one of those people that even when you agree with her 100%, you kind of go, ooh, I just sort of agreed with Ann Coulter. Oh, I don't know. Oh, well, whatever. All right. Um, I got a couple other things. Let me, um, let me get to this. So we always do a feature on this show called The Worst Song of the Week, where we highlight a particularly bad song that's been released within the last couple of months. And then um, because there's so many bad songs that are released, we there's a lot of them that just sort of pile up. But we always at least give you one song that's like the worst song of the week. And we've had many different candidates. 
uh, come up throughout uh, the time we've been doing this podcast. Um, even back in the live show days, we didn't always do the feature, but we would just from time to time bring you a really terrible song that's making its way on some chart someplace or that's been released to the public or some song that I've run across. So uh, some listeners suggested, well, Mike, why don't you give us like the worst song of the year? Now, I didn't prepare a countdown or anything like that. And there are lots of candidates for what I would consider to have been the worst song of the year 2012. And if you listen to the show regularly, I think you know what some of them might be. Like, for example, Carly Rae Jepsen with Call Me Maybe. This is a pretty awful song. But this is not the worst song of the year. I just think it's it's a very infectious tune. It's spread very quickly. And it was played at like baseball games. It was everywhere. It was on every TV show. You couldn't get away from it. There's There were several songs like that throughout the year. Uh, but no, there are other ones. Like, for example, Justin Bieber. His career, for some unknown reason, continued in 2012. This is a terrible song, but it is not the worst song of the year. Rihanna's career continued in 2012 also, again, for some unknown reason. And you might think that I would have considered this to be the worst song of the year. But no. It's bad. Don't get me wrong. These are all songs that were either the worst song of the week or in the running for worst song of the week. Another song that was very close to being considered the worst song of the year was Chris Brown. Chris Brown's a big douchebag. He's a pussy that beats up women. You know, I got a message, by the way. After the last time I called him a pussy on the... Somebody messaged me and said, uh, this guy... I don't know, some dude listened. He goes, do you really have to call him that? That's not good language. I, I don't like that word. What else would you call a guy that hits women? It's a pussy. He's a pansy. He's a wuss. He's a he's a douchebag. Don't call people names. It's terrible when you call people names just because just because he beats up the women. You just you don't have to use that sort of foul language. Yes, I do. He's a terrible person and he makes terrible music. You know what I actually heard? I actually heard Nick Cannon doing an interview where he defended Chris Brown. Well, he didn't defend his actions, but he goes, "You know, he's a good guy and I don't want to I don't want to bag on the guy and we don't really know everything and I, I just don't see him as being a bad guy. Everybody's got their own things. Who are you to judge? You know, 
I would kind of agree with that sometimes. Like, for example, there are people that that get involved in alcoholism or people that do different things. And, and you know, who are you to judge? You know, there's some people that get involved in drug use and it's a very terrible thing and stuff like that. But somebody that actually makes the conscious decision to hit somebody, especially... And I know this may sound alpha male, and I for, I'm i sorry, you're going to have to forgive me for this, but um, any man, okay, any dude that hits a woman, unless he's just being attacked or stabbed to death or otherwise in a very threatening position, other than that, any guy that hits a woman just out of anger or whatever is just a, a real piece of garbage, you know, people shouldn't hit other people in general. People shouldn't abuse other people, but especially a dude hitting a woman. Come on, man. Really? So Chris Brown, I, I, I don't give him, I won't even give him the satisfaction of having the worst song of the year. Besides, there's actually worse songs than that. Florida on the list of the worst songs of the year, but he didn't make it. But this song, oh yeah, this song is awful. A waste of megabytes on a hard drive. The fact that we have this in our system makes me sad. Taylor Swift makes the list. She has uh, some of the worst music of the year. I am really not a fan. I know people think she's when we broke up the first time seeing this is it I've had enough. But I just I'm not I just can't get with this kind of music. What? When you come around again and say, baby, I miss you and I swear I'm gonna change. Trust me, remember how that lasted for a day. I say I hate you, we break up, you call me, I love you. You never probably heard this, but the band Kiss released a song this year called Hello Hallelujah. And this definitely is on the list of one of the worst songs of the year. It is not the worst, but if we're having a countdown show, this would make the list. You might be like, Kiss? They actually have more than one song? Yeah. ZZ Top made a resurgence this year. They put out a song, and it's close, but it is still not the worst song of the year. But if you if you weren't familiar with this, if you missed this, here's a little bit of ZZ Top. A twenty-five lighters on my dresser. Oh. Yes, sir. No, I got to get paid. The 
song is called I Gots to Get Paid. Sounds like one of those dudes that really needs to clear his throat real bad. Everybody knows the band One Direction. They made a, uh, a huge push this year. They became very, very popular for some reason. And uh, it's pretty bad music, but nowhere near the worst song of the year. But just reminding you, hey, they were out there. Typical pop crap. Speaking of typical pop crap, Kesha's career rolled on like a snowball flying down the hill. And um, she had several songs out in the year 2012. None of them made the worst song of the year, but this was probably the closest. Die Young. Kesha. Another song that was in the running and very, very close. I would almost give this a song, this song, a tie for the worst. Hands up music, featuring Mims Vic, called DWI, dancing while intoxicated. And you might say, oh my God, this is the worst song of the year. It's gotta be, right? But it's not. She's not drunk. She's tipsy. Took nine shots like she's 50. That Johnny Walker, that whiskey. That super fly, that Missy. I'm all one, she's all one. So she still dance when that song done. Now, usually I don't do this, but uh, I just rolled up a long one. She came to party just to get naughty. I drink rock, but she likes Bacardi. She on that Molly, that's why she flying. I ride Ferrari, that's made for driving. So hop that in there. Pretend like you've been here. You say you're looking for a baller. But no, none of those 
None of those are officially the worst song of the year. I'm sorry. They're, they're close, and they all suck. Those Most of those songs, or actually all of those songs, for some reason or another, are terrible. And frankly, many years, they probably would be considered the worst song of the year. So the worst song of the year, and I know what you're thinking. You probably think I'm going to go this route. You probably think you know where I'm going already. Nope, it's not even Gangnam Style. This song is is terrible. It's a fad. It's a phenomenon. It's a, an internet sensation. It's a viral sensation. It's a radio hit. It's huge. It's bigger than anything. This, to me, was number two. Like, so close. Open Gangnam Style. It was very close to the worst song of the year. But it was not. So if that was the number two song, the number two worst song of the year, what was number one? Well, the worst song of the year 2012. Is there any doubt it was Nicki Minaj? Pound the alarm. Never has there been a piece of music that was more annoying, more horrific, at least not in the year 2012, than this piece of garbage. It has all the terrible aspects of awful music. It's very simple. Lyrics you can't understand or care about. Repetitive. Terrible hook. It's got rap. It's produced by an annoying human being. It sounds like every other piece of crap song, but it's done in a way that makes it far more irritating than any of those other ones. And it's got a very annoying sound in it right here. What does pound the alarm even mean? What is this even, this is even about? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's about banging dudes or doing drugs or something. I don't know. Nicki Minaj, Pound the Alarm, the worst song of 2012, as determined by the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. If you have your own submission, if you thought that we screwed up, if you thought that Gangnam Style should have been the worst, you know the reason that Gangnam Style really wasn't the worst either? I feel sorry for Psy. I don't feel sorry for Nicki Minaj in any way. Nicki Minaj is just blah. You know, it's just... She's like Lil' Kim. 
She'll be just as irrelevant as Lil' Kim in a little while when she goes to prison for something. So, I, I, but I feel sorry for Cy because he's, I, I said this on the other show too, he's going to be the next MC Hammer. He's going to be bankrupt, going to be irrelevant. Nobody's going to care. He'll be the answer to a trivia question at best. Let him have his moment. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of how I feel. I, I really do feel bad about Psy. And, and so Gangnam Style, it's a terrible song and it's not even in English and I don't even I, I don't understand it. Maybe it's a good song. If, if I learned Korean, see, maybe it should be the worst song because I shouldn't have to learn another language to understand the song. Does that make me a bad person because I feel that way? You know, maybe it's a good song, actually. I mean, it's annoying. It's that annoying dance crap that you hear in every club. And I don't know. Maybe I have to rethink this. You know what? Pound the Alarm is still worse. It's worse just on every single level. It's worse because you know we're going to be hearing more from Nicki Minaj for a little while. Whereas we're never going to hear from Psy again. So, on principle, it's just worse. Oh, well. All right, that's it. We're done. Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Groff Show on Google Talk. Michael Groff, the handle on Twitter. And for everything else about me, you can always go to michaelgroff.com where you can listen to the latest podcasts. You can leave your comments, questions, suggestions, all your feedback on this or any other show over there. You can sign up, get email notifications every time a brand new podcast is posted. Or, of course, you can donate to this program. Donate. Yes, that's right. Send money to us for the betterment of this program. All can be done at the one and only michaelgroff.com. Really appreciate you listening, as always. And um, it's very, very exciting to uh, be doing another year of podcasts, another year of shows for you. I um, I look forward to hearing what the worst song of 2013 will be. <laughs> Already looking forward to it. I'm sure Lady Gaga will be on the list. You know, Lady Gaga didn't even make the list this year. Isn't that amazing? All right. See you again soon. Another edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show will roll, roll your way then. I'm tired. I think I need a nap. Good night, everybody. Everybody.